do you have anyone in your life who you consider wise? Not someone who's read that and think they know that, but someone who's been there and done that. Someone with some tread underneath the soles of their feet. Someone who's lived a while, failed a bit, a few successes, cried and laughed, suffered and prospered, gained and lost, and knows what it's like to go the distance. You know someone? who's had pain and healing, someone who's admitted their faults and their failures, someone whose life and reputation testifies of them from the people around them, the strangers they meet, the people in their city, the friends, the family. Is there anyone in your life that you can look at and trust their counsel without a hidden agenda, someone who's more about your interest than theirs, who really has nothing to gain but a lot to give, someone who's willing to come to you and critique you, not to hurt you, but to help you, to build you up, not to tear you down, someone who's as you would say, brutally honest, who's willing to risk your emotions to help you to go in the right motion. Do you know anyone like that? Do you value them? Do you seek a person like that out for yourself? Or just someone to be a yay man, an amen corner for you, to go along just to get along and keep you living wrong. Someone who's honest to your face about who you are, what you are, what you've done, what you need to do, what you should do, what you haven't done, what you could do, who you could become. Someone who accepts you as you are, but doesn't leave you as you are, we used to have fathers like that. Most of you don't. We used to have grandfathers like that. Most of us don't. You used to have pastors like that. Most do not. You used to have a counselor, a mentor, someone to look up to. But do you look down to? Because you're rebellious. Moses. Had Ithro, who you call Jethro in English, his father-in-law, the father of his wife Zipporah, who bore him two sons. When Moshe led the people of Israel out of captivity from Egypt, after having crossed the Red Sea, waited for the defeat of Pharaoh's army. His wife and his two sons remain in Midian where he sent them back when he went to Egypt to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, says Adonai. Not the people of Moshe, the people of Adonai. Let my people go was the message from Adonai through the mouth 
of Aharon, the prophet Moshe, to Pharaoh, let my people go. Eventually, he did. Chased them after he did, and God destroyed him and his army. And when that dust had settled, Midian decided it's a good time to take you back to your husband. He made a trip to Moshe in the wilderness, in the desert, and brought his family back to him. And when he did, he had observed that Moshe was quite a busy fella. All of these people were coming to him day and night with all of their troubles and issues, small and great wanting to hear from God and what would God say to them about a certain issue, had disputes amongst themselves. And he saw the leaders around Moshe and he observed, don't you love it though? He watched and observed, he didn't speak too quickly. He assessed the situation and had determined, my God, my son-in-law is wasting all of his time. He's a prophet and look at these people wearing him down. And no doubt, the people are underserved. He can't settle all these disputes. He's not utilizing his time well. He's not as efficient with the people around him. And after observing, he said, Moshe, I have something I want to say to you. Oh, let me go back a few steps. When he did it come, to his son-in-law with his wife and his two sons. Moshe came out to meet him. And after all he had accomplished by the hand of God, he didn't beat his chest. He bowed prostrate in front of his father-in-law. He bowed, Moshe. It doesn't say, Itro bowed. Moshe bowed and then kissed his father-in-law. Invite him in the tent, fed him a good meal, took care of him. Such a humble man. Could have beat his chest about what he had done. He's the big guy in town, you know. No, humble and meek, humble and meek, humble, meek and kind. Do you beat your chest because how much money you made in your real estate deals and the stocks? in your technology, you're beating your chest about a certain degree or title you received or some award that you paid for because of some money you gave to a charity. Are you beating your chest for the wrong thing? Are you humble and meek? Mose, much greater than you could ever be. Humble and meek and kind. Humility. Itro observed how Moshe was serving poorly and underserved. And he was a priest of Midian himself. And he spoke very directly to Moshe. He said, Son, I, I've got to talk to you. You got to do this better. This isn't good for the people and it's not good for you. This is poor management, Moshe. Let me 
give you some advice. And you will do it. Appoint fine men amongst the tribes, leaders, who are honorable men, incorruptible, not subject to bribe, decent, moral men. You know any like that? Most of you don't have that. I worked in a company for 26 years. They didn't have one man that fits that description. No honor. Definitely not godly, not holy. They would stab you in the back, lie to your face, gossip full of racism. And corruptible. They would steal and steal from each other. You have people in your family like that? People in your house like that? Find something honorable. Not women that walk around your office exposing their butts and their breasts. Find honorable people and associate with them. Appoint some honorable men, Moses, to look over. Men that you can trust. Or you have anybody like that? Loyal. Godly men. And have these men full of wisdom. From each of the tribes. Put them in companies, different groups. One over 10, one over 20, one over 50, one over 100. And each one can judge the disputes of these people, this mass of people. Let them decide these things amongst themselves. Whatever they can't decide can come to one of these leaders. Whatever they can't decide can come to you. Whatever you can't decide, you go to the top of the mountain, have Adonai dispute. Follow this train of thought so you are not weighing yourself down, not utilizing your time well, not being efficient. You are a prophet. Let some of these men who are wise learn how to take care of these infractions, these misdemeanors, these things that haven't risen to the level of the Supreme Court. Let the appellate court, the local magistrate, and judiciary and the municipalities and various divisions, just like in a rank military order, before it comes all the way up to the general or the secretary of defense or then the president's desk. Learn how to solve some problems and not wear down the prophet or God with concerns. Paul said, do you not know how to judge matters amongst yourselves? Why are you taking each other to court? Know ye not that you're going to be judging matters between angels and you can't even handle disputes among yourselves? You don't know how to reason with your wife, with your husband, with your children. You have to call in an arbitrator, negotiator, lawyer. Because you're not wise. Most of the things that go to court don't even belong in court, not even in civil court. It's because you are so uncivil yourself. No common sense that it takes a judge 
with common sense to adjudicate your foolishness. All that time wasted and all you had to do was sit down and talk reasonably without emotion or at least mitigated emotion to come to a conclusion. But you fight and argue because you want what you want. You don't want what God wants. You want what you want. And what you want is not what you need. The Lord says, come as you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you as you are. You go to a car wash. You start off dirty. I'm sure you would want your money back when you get to enter that car wash and you come out dirty. Well, my Lord, I came in dirty and left dirty. I want to come in dirty and leave clean. I want to leave so clean it looks like the car just came off the dealership lot. Polished and shiny and smelling good. But if you smell like and look like the garbage you wear before you enter the car wash, something's wrong with the car wash or you. Most come to the Lord just as they are. And they stay that way. But the Lord loves you enough not to leave you as you are. Come as you are, but you won't leave that way. You're going to come in the front door. You're going to leave the back door differently. Fathers in America used to send their rebellious, cantankerous, stubborn mule of a son to the military. Too young, too dumb, too stubborn, too prideful. Couldn't break the boy. Send him off to the military. Someone that's not their daddy without mama screaming, my baby. Someone who barks at them, demands of them. Pretend that they don't love them, but they do, by the way. And give them a routine, an order to get rid of the disorder. Give them order to get rid of disorder. You don't get rid of disorder. You give them order. That eliminates the disorder. Structure and routine, habit and ritual and ceremony. You went in there straggly and scrappy, wrinkled and stinky. And you came out with a uniform pressed and washed, clean, and smelling and looking good. Without adding anything to you. You didn't need a ring in your ear or your nose, fake eyelashes, makeup, or rouge. You had a clean cut haircut, a suit and spit-shining shoes, and you posture, you stood up straight, not your head cocked over looking into a phone. Your shoulders were squared back, your chest was up, your stomach was in, and you just looked right. Didn't look like a hippie doing yoga or Pilates. Didn't look like somebody who didn't care about anything other than surfing all day, bouncing a basketball, going into a casino or a sports franchise, being distracted by sex of the siren women, clicking their heels, batting their eyes, and perfuming themselves with a red dress and a low-cut blouse, not distracted by baseball, hockey season, golf season, foolishness, stimuli. Real discipline doesn't stimuli. It makes you alive. 
without dopamine, without hyping you up. It's a discipline that doesn't feel good, but it makes you good. Doesn't leave you as you are, makes you better than you are. It gives you counsel and advice and wisdom and structure, order, like Itro gave Moses. Your prophet, spend your time doing the prophet things of God. Those matters that cannot be resolved, let those cases come up to you. What we do in our judicial system, right? The civil court, the small court, the local court, the appellate court, up all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. But let's not overlay the higher up justices with these minor infractions. Can't you settle something amongst yourselves without going to the president of your company? Can't you just knock on the door of your co-workers and work it out? Jesus can work it out. They used to sing, yeah, he can work it out. He worked it out. Leave him alone. Let him rest. Dying on a cross, wasn't that enough for you? Can't you work something out? Can't you use that brain and make it plain to your brother, speak kindly? Wisdom and common sense. It throw gave Moses. And in his humility, he says, yes, Father, I will do as you have suggested. It seems right to me. It is the words of God. It's wisdom. Didn't have to come from the burning bush. Didn't come from the top of the mountain. Came from his messenger, a priest of Midian. God gives you priests in your lives. You don't listen. You ignore good advice and counsel. You never intended to follow it anyway. You weren't like Moses. You weren't meek. You really weren't open. You just let the bag of wind come out of their mouth until they were done talking and said, okay, and sent them their way. But Moses took it in. Wisdom comes two ways. One knows how to speak it and one knows how to hear it. Even if you can't speak wisdom, you should know how to hear it. Moses did. And in his older years, 80 years old, he listened to his father-in-law give him wisdom how to make the situation better. Is there anyone in our lives that can give us wisdom? Do they even care? Moses didn't ask, by the way. Is there anyone that you know is in trouble, in stress, in need? Have you thought to even call to suggest to give them wisdom, to go and observe what they might need? It's not always money. It might be some really good, sound advice and counsel. Consider these things. Consider the worth of a wise word and counsel. And consider the benefit and reward to follow it. Make a decision to listen and obey. Don't remain the same. Change. Become. Some folks would rather have houses and land. Some folks choose silver and gold. These things they treasure and forget about their souls. I decided. 
to make Jesus my choice. You know the road is rough, and the going gets tough, and the hills are hard to climb. I started out a long time ago, and there is no doubt in my mind I've decided to make Jesus my choice. You know the road is rough And the going gets tough And those hills are hard to climb I started out a long time ago And there is no doubt in my mind I've decided to make Jesus my choice. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. If you need a friend, someone to stay with you till the end, you'll never worry what you're down. You'll always be around. And when you're feeling weak, like you can't go on, he'll take you by the hand. Oh, and you'll be strong. Cause some choose this. Oh 
when you've lost your way You feel confused Was right or wrong And what to do You'll be there for you When you pray and see his face He'll take you by the hand Lead you all the way Cause so choose this He's for me.